Welcome back to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio. We appreciate you sticking with us during the break. You're listening to us on AM 920, The Answer. How do you get your earnest money back after a contract terminates? What is happening with loan limits? Believe it or not, for most loan types, there's a limit in how big the loan can be. What's happening to those in 2021? And what do you need to do if your home has polybutylene plumbing and you plan to sell it anytime in the next six months? My name is Cleve Gaddis. You are listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio here on AM 920, The Answer. Our goal is to help listeners go from real estate novices to real estate experts. So home buying and selling can be done with total confidence and without all that worry that is typical with life's biggest investments. We'd love to connect with you. Easiest way to do that is to go to gogaddisradio.com. That's G-O-G-A-D-D-I-S radio.com. You can ask questions, make comments, push back, share ideas. You can request your neighborhood be featured in our neighborhood spotlight, which, by the way, Jay and Sandy Springs did about a week ago in his subdivision. Uh, which is Powers Lake and Sandy Springs, will be featured in segment four of the show. If you want to connect with us, make sure you do that. Any con- any communication will come directly to me. I'm happy to talk to you, answer questions on the air or off the air. Just connect with us. Let us be a resource to you. Let us help you make better decisions when it comes to buying or selling real estate anywhere in Metro Atlanta. Can you imagine being a home seller, having a contract, a buyer puts up earnest money, The buyer decides to terminate their purchase agreement when, by the way, they do not have the right to terminate their purchase agreement. And then the buyer feels like they're entitled to the earnest money. And the way the earnest money works in Georgia, there's always a possibility that the buyer could get it back, even if they're not entitled to it. But let's talk about what happens. And this is a question from Lizzie uh, in Clarkston. It says, our buyer terminated their purchase agreement with us, and now they feel like they're entitled to the earnest money, and we feel like we're entitled to it. What happens now? I did a little investigating. I'm not giving an opinion on this purchase agreement. So if you're a party to the purchase agreement and you are listening to this show, I am not making a comment one way or the other because that is for somebody else to decide. I'm not a holder or a broker involved uh, in any of those. Uh, But let me just tell you, the way it works is simple. When you have one party and the other party who believes they're entitled to the earnest money, then you need to let the holder. The holder is typically either the closing attorney or, more commonly, it is the buyer's agent. The buyer's brokerage winds up being the holder. So the buyer, let's say, is represented by REMAX. The money gets deposited into the REMAX broker's escrow or trust account uh, that is to be held to, to be applied at closing for the benefit of the buyer. If the parties cannot, if the transaction does not close and the parties cannot agree on who is entitled to the earnest money, then it says the holder of the earnest money is supposed to interpret the contract, understand all of the facts relating to who did what and when, and make a determination as to who is responsible, who is entitled to get the earnest money. In this case, it is my opinion that the holder of the earnest money will interpret the contract, review all the specifics, and determine that the sellers, and that's Lizzie and I believe her husband, who live in Clarkston, are entitled to the earnest money back. But it's not that clean and clear. What happens next is the holder must issue what's called a 10-day letter. The 10-day letter says, we as the holder have decided this party is entitled to the earnest money, and we are going to, on the 11th day after today, we're going to release the earnest money to that party. If you have any objections, you need to respond to us in writing in a timely manner. If either one or both of the parties 
object, and it's very rare for both parties to object. Normally one party uh, agrees and the other party objects. If one party objects but they don't write anything, then the holder can go ahead and disperse the earnest money as they indicated. If they do object, then it allows the holder to do one of two things. Either it allows them to interplead it to a local court. So if it was a Gwinnett County transaction, it would go to the Gwinnett County courts and a judge would decide what happens to the earnest money. In that case, most of the earnest money, I'd say the typical earnest money in a transaction in Georgia is probably three to $5,000. And most of that earnest money would be eaten up in fees and court costs. So in, what ha what ca in the case of brokers or holders threatening to interplead the earnest money disputes, typically the parties just wind up settling. But the broker or the holder has another option. It says they can either interplead it or they can interpret the contract again and go ahead and disperse the earnest money if they still believe that how they intended to disperse it in the first place is the legitimate way to do that. So the holder of the earnest money has the power to interpret the contract, understand the facts, make a determination as to who gets the earnest money, and then to release that earnest money. So Lizzie, I'm sure that you are nervous about what the outcome of an earnest money dispute might be, but you need to be confident in understanding what your contract says, and you need to be confident in all of the time frames and whether or not you and the buyer performed as required <coughs> under those time frames. If the buyer decided to terminate and they had the right to do it, like for example, they terminated during the due diligence period, and in your agreement, that was 10 days. If they required before the 10th day was over, they would have the right to terminate and to get their earnest money back. But in your case, all of the contingencies were gone from the purchase agreement, so the buyer did not have the right to terminate. The only thing left that could have allowed them to terminate would have been if, Lizzie, you and your husband were not able to provide clear title to them at closing. If you can't transfer clear title to them at closing, the buyer would have the right to terminate. But Subject to that, they don't have any other abilities or options or rights to terminate. They sort of have the unconditional obligation to purchase the home. You're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio on AM 920 The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis. In addition to being the host of the show, I am a full-time real estate agent and broker with a team full of agents helping buyers, sellers, investors, and landlords make the best decisions possible whenever buying, selling, or investing in homes anywhere in Metro Atlanta. Let's talk a little bit about loan limits. Uh, loan limits in some categories are going up significantly. Uh, I don't know that that's the right number of uh, syllables in that word, but I'm saying the loan limit for conventional go loans is going up a lot, A-L-O-T, not altogether, A space L-O-T <laughs> in 2021. Let's review the increases in loan limits. If you are looking at a conforming loan, which would be a Fannie Mae or a Freddie Mac, a conventional loan, I would say that's probably 65 or 70% of the mortgages out there are conventional conforming loans. The loan limit is going from 510,400. It's increasing by 7.5% to 548,250. Now, if you're listening, you're wondering, how in the world does this affect me? Well, if somebody was looking to buy a $700,000 home, and they made a down payment that would put their loan amount at over $500,000 in the past, and they wouldn't qualify for a conforming conventional loan. So the limit would have required that they go to a jumbo loan <clears throat> and they go to another bank for financing. And typically they're a little harder to qualify, or jumbo loans, no, I shouldn't say a little, they're significantly harder to qualify for, and they are generally more expensive. So 
as long as you can get a loan and make your 3% or 5% or 10% down payment and your loan amount is $548,250 or less, you'll qualify for a conventional conforming loan. The FHA loan limit is going up 3.1, excuse me, 3% from $401,350 to $412,850. So those of you who are thinking about getting an FHA loan in Metro Atlanta and all of the counties in Metro Atlanta, it's not the same all throughout Georgia, by the way. There are some counties where the loan limit is closer to $350. It's because the average sales price in those counties is much lower. But in Metro Atlanta and pretty much all the counties, the loan limit is $412,850. Uh, starting in 2021. Those FHA loan limits for a duplex, two units together, would be 528200 For a triplex, three units together, 551500 And for a fourplex, 685400 VA has no real loan limits. USDA loans follow the FHA guidelines because I believe, um, I think a, a USDA loan might be an FHA-type loan that's insured by the U.S. Department of Agriculture. Uh, excuse me, I probably need to uh, do a little more research on that so I can give you some factual information on that instead of giving you my opinions on the show. But VA, they used to have loan limits. Effectively, now they don't have any loan limits. You certainly have to qualify for a VA loan, but technically you could get a VA loan up to any amount, and that is certainly uh, good to know. Although I will tell you, just because you can borrow more money with a VA loan does not mean you should. Uh, You want to make sure that you don't wind up being house poor. If you've just joined us, you're listening to Go Gaddis Real Estate Radio on AM 920, The Answer. I'm Cleve Gaddis, your host, and we are answering our listener question now. Lenny in Ackworth says, we're looking to sell our home, and it has polybutylene plumbing. Do we need to have this replaced before putting it on the market? And I would say the answer to that question is no. I'm sure Lenny is concerned that your typical buyer will have a an objection to buying a home with polybutylene plumbing that is strong enough to make them second guess whether or not they should buy the home. That is my guess. And Lenny, my recommendation for you is you need to take a couple of steps now so that you have some confidence in understanding what it would take in order to solve your problem. I would go online. I'm not going to give you the names of any vendors. There's two fairly large vendors in Metro Atlanta who specialize in replacing polybutylene piping. I would get one of them to give you an estimate. In most cases, in fact, I think in both cases, you don't even have to have somebody come out and give you an estimate. You give them the number of toilets you have and sinks you have and washer and dryer and refrigerator and all the different plumbing. You give them all of the information. Tell them it's a two-story, one-story. It's on a slab. It's on a basement. You give them the information, and they give you an online quote right there. So my suggestion for you, Lenny, would be to get a quote on what it would cost to replace it but not actually replace it. And if you're wondering why... I think you shouldn't do that. It's because the inventory is so tight that there's a lot more buyers out there today who would be willing to buy a home with polybutylene plumbing and take on that risk themselves and not make you do it. So today it's worth giving it a try. Now, polybutylene plumbing is an extruded plastic plumbing uh, made of of polybutylene. Uh, The issue is that they believe that chlorine eats small pinholes in the polybutylene. Also, they had all plastic connections when it was originally uh, produced, and those connections can get brittle and they can break apart. And there's also a school of thought that says they stored the big uh, bundles or rolls of polybutylene out in the sunlight, and those UV rays deteriorated the pipe as well. So my suggestion for you, Lenny, is don't replace it, but get a cost estimate so you understand exactly what will be involved in replacing that polybutylene if you need to have that done prior to closing. 
If you want to sell your house for $28,000 more, go to gogaddisradio.com to sign up for more information. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back in our neighborhood spotlight, Powers Lake and Sandy Springs, what do you do as a seller when you're selling a property with a 1031 exchange? We'll answer those questions and more. Stick with us. We'll be back. 